The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello and welcome to the Murder in Mind podcast. I am one half of your host and duo, Morty, and I'm joined by a big, bearded, sexy man. His name is Mr. Sai Pal. How are you? I am very, very good. How are you, mate? Ah, I'm all the better for seeing you, of course. Your, your beard is looking very glossy this evening. Sweat. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably because I've actually got a light bulb in my bedroom. Which I haven't had for I haven't had for a while, and I, put, yeah. I went to the shop and I was like, "Oh, sh-. you know when you need something, yeah." But it's not it's not something I, I instantly think of, and I've needed a light bulb for my bedroom for ages, yeah, like literally weeks. And <laughs> I walk into the shop thinking, "Remember light bulb, remember light bulb." The minute I walk in, it's gone. Yeah, you know, today I actually saw the light bulbs. And I was like, "Gotta get that." But all, <laughs> they, all they had was like the equivalent of the sun in a little glass container. It's so mm-hmm. bright, it's ridiculous. So it's like I turned it on and it's like burning my skin. It's like, it's like, I don't know if it's like 5 million watts or something, I don't know. But yeah, my beard probably looks shiny because it's like <laughs> illuminating all the greys from this beacon I've got above my head at the moment. It's <laughs> You've not accidentally installed like a, a sunbed lamp. <laughs> it is a bit, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a picture and I'll send it because it is a funny shape. It's not a normal light bulb shape. It's kind of small and pointy. Is that what they look like? I don't know. I wonder if I have. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm... the past the past few weeks, we've been talking to each other in darkness. Yeah, and now we are. I've I've got a uh, legitimately a rainbow lamp behind the laptop to light my face up. The problem is, and this was pointed out very kindly by my other podcast partner, Fitch, uh, that it makes my forehead, it doesn't make my forehead look massive. It points out that my forehead is massive. Right. Okay. Apparently, usually with the light behind me, there's a shadow from my hair, and when this takes away the shadow, I, it's quite clear that I've got a six head. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. You might have to be honest with me about this light bulb being for a sunbed because I, I am crazy warm, <laughs> like ridiculously warm. You're gonna if... wake up tomorrow with such a tan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this recording going as long as possible, man. I want to like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't at all. No. <laughs> No one wants to do that. <laughs> um, anyway, this is this isn't this podcast isn't about sunbeds. This is uh, it's oh, it's about all sorts of stuff. But what it's supposed to be out about is the uh, anthology series from the BBC uh, in the early two thousands, Murder in Mind, and we're currently in series two of Murder in Mind. Uh, back in two thousand and two, um, last week, what did we watch last week? I can't even remember what we watched last week. It wasn't disposal, was it? That was the week before. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good sign, is it? We can't even remember what it was. No. What was it? <laughs> oh, this isn't good, is it? And do you know what's really crap as well? Really, really bad. <laughs> you edited it today. No, I edited it last night. <laughs> so I should know. Good lord! It was rage. That's of course, it, it was of rage. It was. What a pair of bellends. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is what you this is what you can expect from this episode. Um we're firing all cylinders. Yeah, it was rage, wasn't it? So it mm. was it was about uh that absolute mentalist. Yeah. Um with uh that 
that had road rage and i think it's one that we differed on again wasn't it i think so what did i say about it you, you kept it in mind ah yeah okay yeah. and i decided that it was one for me to murder yeah it just sneaked in there for me just yeah uh was it the other way around you see i don't know <laughs> it was borderline I'm Hang on, i did write that down i did write that down and no you murdered it and i kept oh, it in okay. mind Ah, uh, fair enough. Like I said, it was borderline. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great start. Welcome to the Murder in My Podcast. We don't know what we watched or what we rated it. Yeah, should we just Who do knows? it again? Should we start again? <laughs> <laughs> I think people are used to us by now. Um, this week, we are definitely watching and talking about Swan Song, which is the fourth episode. I cannot wait to talk to Sai about this and see what he thinks. Uh, and I can't wait to, for some uh, feedback for some people. Um that listen uh, always feedback to us so i will give all the uh, the socials and stuff at the end of course but there is one we talk about quite often uh when people from the bill pop up which is steve yes um and someone from the bill was very prominent in this she's in one of the uh, main roles uh today who is um samantha robson who plays character the character tara oh okay uh, today so she was um played she played vicky in the bill between 1998 and the year 2001 right okay so they're quite a long time so steve is going to be so she was also pete tranter's sister in red dwarf no i don't ring a bell obviously red dwarf rings a bell but so there was um i think it was the episode what were the big sucky things called where they would like take emotions oh, out. Oh, sucker was sticking your head. And yeah, emotions out. I remember that. I don't remember. Yeah, so one of the first anything. ones, they uh, shape shifted to look like Pete Trance's sister, to um, to kind of lure in uh, Dave Lister. Right. Okay. Yeah. So she was her. So there you go. Oh, uh, right. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm very into. And and the other sort of main guy is Michael Greco, who is Beppe, which we spoke yeah. about last week. Yeah, I'm um, just so you know everyone's aware before we get into this too much. Two things: one, suspicious side was out in force this week, and two, <laughs> my notes for I, I'm literally it's important I say this because I'm going to point things out in my notes as we're watching this episode. Yeah, though so the timing coincides with what we're talking about. So there's that. And secondly, I didn't twig that the character's name was called Mark until around thirty minutes into the show. Okay. So I've literally just referred to him as Beppe Freud. I've got a lot of Beppes on my notes. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and to be fair, he pretty much is Beppe in this episode. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember Beppe smoking that much. No. No, good point. Yeah. But other than a lot of cigarettes in this episode. It explains the voice. It does, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, shall we get straight into it, Sai? Yes, let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Lovely. So we had a lovely bit of Sim Song to kick us off, didn't we? It's the dark as well. It's dark. It's dark. We know this, it's going to be good. I, I'm, we think I'm almost, it's going to be good. We, we're keeping count. Well, I say we're keeping count. We're keeping score. You're, you're keeping tabs on what we murder and what we keep in mind. Luckily, I've written it down because otherwise not a chance. We're just yeah. discovered. Yeah. We should we should start keeping tabs on what episodes start in daytime and what episodes start in the dark <laughs> and see if there's a pattern because I tend to think that the ones that start in daytime suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? And this one starts in the dark. So hopefully this is a good sign. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, also another thing um last week's episode was the solo writing credit was to the creator Anthony Horowitz, not mm-hmm. Barry. Not this Barry. week is the same. 
Okay. Anthony Horowitz again. So it's the first time he's done back-to-back sort of without any other writers. Oh, uh, or at nice. least not credited. Um, so yeah, got a lovely bit of sing-song kicking off. Um, it kind of shows my age, really, and my mental... Uh, <laughs> my kind of uh, mental state, I guess. Because whenever I hear this style of singing, I just think of the Mask movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's... What would you call it? It's not stage girls. It's, it's like... It's um, like a lame singer, isn't it? Or a... Um, yeah. Yeah, that kind of... I don't know. Yeah, it's like lounge singing, I guess, isn't it? She's on the she's on the stage and she's singing like ah, yeah. it wasn't like that. That is, that is exactly <laughs> how she sang it. <laughs> that's that's my previous life. Um, <laughs> that was brilliant for all the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got a singer called Taro, which we just spoke about briefly, uh, and then we see Beppe, don't we, in the crowd? He's watching on. Yes. Um, I've written, he's such a good-looking chap. He is. He is. Sickingly, so. Mm. He's still good-looking now as well, isn't he? Is he? If, yeah, he popped up on, like, not that long ago, like a couple of years ago, sounding completely different. I think he had some sort of surgery on his neck or on his throat or something. Yeah, that was um, nice, yeah, I might be making that up completely. I, he might not have sounded different at all. But okay. he looks really good. And I'm pretty sure he's like a world poker champion or something oh uh, right yeah, yeah people there is that in, like channel five used to have it i think didn't they like through the night like poker games yeah i'm sure he's like a big deal in the poker scene okay interesting yeah again could be making that up what was his brother's oh, name in eastenders because he wasn't as good looking was he brother's name oh giovanni that's it i was gonna say how john... the hell did i pull that out of my ass <laughs> i was thinking john luca for some reason these these are characters that were in the TV show EastEnders, and Giovanni was probably in it for about a year in 1997, yeah. 8. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their mum, though. Their mum, though. She was great. Yeah, yeah. You said she was uh, in Doctor Who, wasn't she? She was Leela in Doctor Who, yes. Yeah, which I don't think I... I think I, I didn't know that. I might have known it. might have forgotten. Okay. Um, but yeah, she should have been in it. She should have been in EastEnders longer. She was brilliant. She should have been in this. What, this podcast? Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, if you get Louise Jameson, if you're out there, if yeah. you're listening, just, you know, if because your EastEnders character's son was on yeah. this one episode of Murder in Mind, I guarantee yeah. she's listening to this podcast <laughs> to hear about it. Definitely. Join us for a future show. Yeah, job done. We know how yeah. to get the guests on. That's it. <laughs> the stupid thing is, I've actually got a Doctor Who podcast. Surely there'll be more chance. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so fitting of you, though, that you would get people that have been in Doctor Who to go on any podcast but. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but professional, pal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so she once she's finished singing, she talks to someone on the phone uh, and leaves, and then Beppe starts following her. What's going through your mind, Si? We're quite early in an episode of Murder in Mind, and we've got a lady leaving a bar with a lad that we know is one of the main characters following her. Well, I, I first of all, I knew nothing about this episode. Obviously, the title I knew, and mm. what we spoke about last week with Beppe being in it, and so on. Yeah, you mentioned this lady from the bill last week mm-hmm. as being one of the main characters. Yep. I don't know who she is. So as she has stood there on the on the stage singing, to me, she could just be a, a bit part actor. She could Anyone, be an extra. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who she is. So I don't know if she's going to be one of the main characters yet. 
So I'm thinking, oh, she's dead. Yeah. Basically. And I think they did that really well. Yes, I think that totally. Was, that was framed very well. I know, again, it's a bit of an old trope, but uh, it, they worked really well in this case. But but no, he, he she did, uh, he kind of turned around quite aggressively and started snogging, didn't they? Mm, they did indeed. Um, yeah, we find out quite quickly she's cheating on someone called Derek. You get a lot of information this little bit, don't you? Um, yeah, that's, um, that's who she asked, was on the phone to, wasn't it? Because she was telling them that yes. she's been asked by Ray, I want to say. Ray, yeah. yeah who, he's a bar owner. Yes, he's asked if she will do another set, mm-hmm. which we then find out isn't true because she's sneaking yeah. off with this dude. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> later on, like you say, they, they kind of do the naughty, and he said, she's, why is she leaving? Is there someone else? And she says, yeah, my husband. <laughs> which was oh, I've got a note about this. It's, <laughs> okay. She turns around and goes, I've got to go. Yeah. Which is a, you know, that's fair enough. I mean, not being funny. She's got, she's on a time limit. She's on the clock. She, well, mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's a hooker. It's not like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, it's, she, she's got a, a particular time in mind when she should be getting home. I would imagine because she's told her husband she is elsewhere. Yeah. His response of why is there someone else just seems so weird. It's like how that, is, that doesn't work, does it? How insecure is this dude? It's like you know she could be turning. Oh, I'm, I'm just nipping to make a coffee. Who is shagging in the kitchen? Is that it came across that kind of vibe? Especially she know, he knows that he's the one having the affair with her. Yeah, I know. It didn't make sense. This. <laughs> well, it I suppose it kind of does later. You can see it's one of those where when you watch it again, you can go, oh, yeah. but it still doesn't make sense from a no. character point of view. At the time, I was like, that was, I've literally, my notes literally say here, is there someone else? Question mark. And I wrote, yeesh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we find out they've been seeing each other for a couple of months. Um, she goes home, you've got a big old house, another, yeah. another one with money. Yeah, swimming pool and nice car and, yeah. Yeah, whereas, he's, uh, whereas Beppe's living above a pub in a mm. bed set. It's a little bit of a contrast, but we have, again, spoken about on this podcast, a lot of the characters seem to be quite wealthy, mm. don't they? Yeah, we've all had that many poor. Slummers, have we? Well, there's there's like other characters that are absolutely dirt poor, isn't there? Like the drug is and teacher and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, but they're usually they're usually the the Romans, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living above a pub wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, I don't think. No, well, I don't know because you know sometimes you just want to go home and just have a cat nap, oh. and it's not really that possible with uh with the, you know if it's a busy pub, is it? Oh, yeah, I suppose, I suppose. I mean, there is obviously a a reference for you making that point in that we were arranging what time we were going to record today (laughs) and there was like a three-hour gap between you messaging me and me replying because I went to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I said something like, are you half cat? (laughs) Yeah. Again, what a fucking professional. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Derek wakes, uh, her husband Derek wakes up when she gets home um and she basically says it's like go to sleep <laughs> that's it yeah uh we don't see much from there and like you say next morning they're having breakfast next to the swimming pool um they're talking about her singing and basically he doesn't like that she's doing it um he's quite mean, doesn't, isn't he about it he's quite sharp about it yeah mm-hmm. I've, I've got comments i've got thoughts on that later on okay um but he is yeah he basically says to her you know why are you doing it in that dive what's the point 
Um, and she's clearly unhappy, isn't she? You can see. Yeah. Yeah. He, he calls the, he actually literally says the bar is a dump, doesn't he? Those are his yeah. words. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't um, think they're that bad. No, I thought it was quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that just shows our uh, standards. Yeah. Maybe. That's it. Um, Derek is played by Danny Webb. Did you recognize him? Quite a recognizable face. I don't know. It's one of those. I suppose I'll, I suppose I'll say I half recognised him. He's one of those where I think maybe I know something he's from, but I could be completely wrong again. He, he's possibly best known for Alien 3, but I don't think that's a brag. Okay. Um, but he's also, he's been in all sorts of stuff, but also Doctor Who alert. Ah, brilliant. Uh, so he was in two episodes. Uh, he was in Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit as Mr. Jefferson. So okay. that was uh, David Tennant, I believe. Right, okay. So I'd have watched that not too long ago with, with my daughter, wouldn't I, really? Yeah, I think it, I think it's David Tennant, The Impossible Planet and the Saint Pit. I think they are. Hmm. Okay, just ring a bell. I can picture I can picture him in it. Right, okay. Um, I don't know if they are the ones where the actual devil rocks up. Oh, right. Because that was a two-parter, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Right. I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah, um, but he's also been in Waking the Dead, Boone, Bergerac, all those kind of things. So, you know, bit, bit parts all over the place. Quite a recognisable face. Um, yeah, so uh, this Derek, he goes into his office and it's revealed then that Pepe is security guard in his office. Oh, what a reveal that was as well. Did you like that, did you? Yeah, that was good. That was like, oh, oh God, he's banging his missus. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I, I, I like that as well. At this point, we still don't really know what's happening. No. Um, it seems clear as well here, uh, quite quickly, that Derek's on the phone that he's also shagging around. Yeah, because she mentions that, uh, well, no, he mentions about a business trip to Scotland, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. To, when he's being mean about his wife's singing in the club and so on. Yeah. And then here he's on the phone at work saying about, oh, no, she thinks I'm at a business trip. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's quite it. Again, it's one of those that it works. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad, but it's very much a case of slap you around the face of it. Because, again, you've only got 60 minutes to tell this story. So yeah. it's getting the point across quite quickly. But again, like I said, it's not a bad thing. It works here. But it is one of those things that we've noticed in Murder in Mind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they they have to cram a lot of detail in, don't they? And they want to make sure that people are following the story. So sometimes yes. it can be a little bit, um, a little bit on the nose. Yeah, but uh, it's done well, I think. Yeah, yeah, and and other times I think they're they're very clever with mm. with the things that they throw in. Um, I've written here. It's hard to stop calling him Beppe. It <laughs> is. <laughs> um, they so they're snogging again, old Beppe and uh, Tara, and she flinches. A couple of times. The second one was quite over the top, but I think that was on purpose. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's um, that's with the actress. I think that's the character. Um, and she's got a big bruise. Because she even says to him, look. And she shows him this big bruise uh, on her shoulder. Um, and he says, you know, bloody hell, he's never hit you before. And she says, well, he's never shown before. Right. Now, here... This is where mm. the old alarm bells started ringing a little bit for me. Okay. Because of that line, it's never shown before. Mm-hmm. But he sees this last naked all the time. Oh, I thought, I thought, I, I just thought it was like he would hit her, but it wouldn't leave a mark. Oh, uh, okay. 
But no, you you good point. Yeah, it could could yeah. have been because this is that. quite a substantial bruise, isn't it? Yeah, in quite a prominent position as well, like on the front of her shoulder. It's mm-hmm. not like it's you know, it it's it, it's going to stand out, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're talking about it, and then she she says, basically, what they're getting at here is he's trying to say leave him. And she's basically saying that he's got all this money and all this stuff. And she says to him, how are you going to support me? Where are we going to live? In a bed sit above a, a pub? And I'll just, I wrote, she's a bit of a knob. Yeah. Yeah, that's good enough for you then. You know, that yeah. moment. Do you know I mean? In that moment, it's like, yeah. oh, actually, uh, she's, she's a bit of an arse. Um, she says that when uh, Derek hit her the day before, she was tempted to stab him. Um, but she couldn't go through with it. Um, I've written here to me at this point, it feels like already she's starting to manipulate Beppe. That's exactly what I've got. I've got she's manipulating him, question mark. Because again, I'm I'm not I'm unsure, but I'm kind of I suppose it's again, it, it, it's it's you know, suspicious mind and so on, just asking questions. I'm like, is she just sort of trying to you know, weasel this guy into something, or it's you know even I mean? this shot. She and there's got a couple like this. She's over his shoulder, so they're mm. sat in the bed, and she's leaning behind him almost, like the devil on his shoulder. She even keeps like kissing his shoulder, and she's looking at him, and she's making these sort of suggestive things right yeah. directly in his ear. I think it was framed pretty well. Yes. Um, but she, yeah, she, she clear. I wrote here, you know, she's manipulating our guy yeah. already. And that sets um, up everything else that makes me have different theories and ideas for the rest of the show. If this was, shall we say, I don't want to say more subtle as though this was done poorly, because I don't mm-hmm. think it was. But if this was a little bit more subtle or, or a little bit maybe cleverer, but again, it sounds like I'm criticising it when I don't mean to, I probably wouldn't be already trying to guest shit throughout the rest of the episode mm. you know it'd be there i'd be thinking okay well what's going on that was a bit weird but I, I, after this because it comes across like you said yourself you got the same sort of note as i have about manipulating him yeah instantly my mind is going into overdrive and i'm asking questions of everything that she's doing from that point on mm. but i think that's again it possibly design yeah potentially yeah um but yeah so uh she, she's he then says that he could do it. Um, you know, they'll have all the money. Um, she points out that nobody knows him. Um, they don't know their, their connection. So no one would ever really be able to pin it on him because he's, um, he's nobody, you know, he's, mm. he's not connected to her. I, it's, I think this is the bit where he kind of goes, what, you haven't told anyone about me. And again, you're like, like why would you? You're having an affair. <laughs> yeah. Is it supposed to show that he's needy or is it supposed to show that he's just really besotted with her and love of her? Because it leans towards needy. Mm. Yeah, I guess. And, and again, that line that we kind of laughed at a bit earlier on of, you know, why are you going? Is there someone else that would mm. lean into that as well? Wouldn't it, I suppose? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's, it's a bit, um, I'm not, I don't know. Um, he's coming up with a plan now and he calls himself Mr. Invisible, which she laughs yes. at. Um, Worst superhero ever. Yeah. 
not not the worst one, surely. No. I can't. I mean, what's that one that summons squirrels? That's shit, isn't it? What? Is there? Is there not a superhero that summons squirrels? Do you know? There may well be, but I I've not heard that summons squirrels. At what stage? In saving the world, foiling a murder, stopping a bank robbery, would would squirrels be? <laughs> maybe maybe well, they've got a nut allergy, and they just they've got them in their cheeks, and they're just like okay, and they squirrels like, like little end. furry machine guns. <laughs> firing them. A furry machine gun it could bring up all kinds of images in my head. What if there's no squirrels around? You know, oh, that bike's being robbed. Come here, my jungle friends. And then, ah, oh, oh no, I'm oh, okay. just a couple of confused chipmunks. <laughs> Just puts his hands back in his pockets and looks at his feet, shuffles awkwardly because there's no squirrels about. <laughs> well, I've done all I can. You have to take the money. <laughs> he didn't last long in the Avengers. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> the thing is, you might be a hundred percent right. I'm not sure which is worse. <laughs> oh, that got me, steering me. Um, how do we even go onto that? What were you? Oh, because you said it's the worst uh, superhero power in the world. Yeah, <laughs> size now. Googling. I am. We're all superhero. Squirrel girl. <laughs> Squirrel girl, yeah, is that her? Is that her superpower to summon squirrels? Huh? Is that actually a squirrel girl? She's a girl with a t- big squirrel tail. Oh, that's gonna be difficult <laughs> that to hide. Worse. <laughs> what are her superpowers? I'm not sure. She's got partnerships with people called Monkey Joe <laughs> and Tippy Toe. Monkey Joe. <laughs> Hang on, hang on. Uh, abilities, and this is according to Wikipedia. So, okay. superhuman agility, senses, and strength. Okay. Um, As a, all squirrels do. All right. A yep. prehensile tail. What does that mean? That <laughs> <laughs> the tail's already out. Right. Um, razor sharp claws. Fair okay. Enough. Retractable knuckle spikes. So she's like a. A, a, a wish version of Wolverine or something. <laughs> uh, and here we go. The last one listed in her abilities, the ability to communicate with squirrels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although distinct from Marvel's mutants, Doreen, which is apparently is her real name, has a Doreen. <laughs> Bring in all the superheroes. What's your name? Doreen, and she's got a big fucking tail. No, nope. Doreen has a genetic anomaly which gives her the ability to communicate with squirrels. <laughs> she has been a member of both the Avengers and the no, Great. She hasn't. The Great Lakes Avengers. I've never even heard of that. Has been a supporting <laughs> character in stories featuring Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. She's also appeared in her own solo series, which has depicted her dividing her time between her superhero adventures and her work as a college student. I wonder what she's studying. (laughs) I 
I've missed that episode of Luke Cage where this girl's covered in squirrels just rocks up. Oh my god! Imagine though, you call on the. <laughs> Imagine you're, you're waiting. You call on the Avengers. You wait for him. The Hulk rocks up. There he is. Here he comes forward. <laughs> squirrels <laughs> there's some college girl with a big tail called Doreen <laughs> I am Doreen you called no oh dear oh, my God. Um, she was in Marvel superheroes comic or magazine first appeared in 1991 it says here the 90s were not a good year for Marvel <laughs> there was a shit ton of acid being done weren't there let's be honest <laughs> Oh well, well, that squirrel girl covered. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to make it into the show, but <laughs> <laughs> in fact, no, sod it. It will. Everyone needs to hear this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an extra at the very least. Um, goodness me. Uh, so anyway, Tara's in the club, um, and her boss Ray meets. Well, not her boss, but the guy that owns the pub. Uh, Ray meets her with a letter, and he jokes whether it's a love letter. Um, and it's been sent to the club. Uh, Ray, very quickly, must have recognised Ray. He's been in everything. I did. I was like, I know this guy. He's literally been in everything. Colin McFarlane, his name is. He's been in all sorts of things. Um, He's been in the Batman movies and loads of big parts. And also Doctor Who alert. Oh. Oh. The David Tennant story, uh, Voyage of the Damned, that he did with Kylie Minogue. Yes, okay. He was in that. Um... He was credited just as aliens, apparently. No. Uh, he also appeared in Capaldi stories, Under the Lake, and Before the Flood, as a character called Moran. Okay, I don't know if we've got to those yet with Charlie. Okay. We've just so, watched the first season of Capaldi, so... I'm... I can picture him in those stories as Moran. Right. I can picture him in those stories. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there you go. More, more Doctor Who, that's... Happy days. The, it's going to be a very sad day on this podcast when we uh, when we don't have any Doctor Who alerts. That will never happen. <laughs> that will never happen. If like we get, we can do all of season one of Murder in Mind, which obviously we've done. All of yeah. season two. If like season three, episode three has no Doctor Who alert, we're just knocking the podcast on the head. None of it else is going to be released. <laughs> it's going to, <laughs> I'll delete all the files. <laughs> just, I'm just thinking if we ever get further, like we discussed, and we end up reviewing American TV. Mm. those Americans I tell you they're, they're going to end up stitching us right up yeah but then we can link it to like Law and Order or something everyone's <laughs> been in Law and Order I think you and me have probably been in Law and Order yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scottish Danny has um, <laughs> so anyway so uh, just quickly you know a little bit she's singing we see Beppe uh, go to the car park where he's, based, where he's decided that the plan they've come up with is that they're going to uh, smash the window of his car because there have been mm-hmm. some break there recently and then Beppe's going to attack him uh, and kill him so it looks like it was just a brawl uh, near the car. Uh, but there's CCTV camera that Beppe spots at this point. Yes. I'm not going to stop calling Beppe. Um, <laughs> so she makes breakfast for her husband in the morning, for Derek. Um, she's very happy. She got her letter from an agent. Um, and Derek clearly isn't very impressed here, is he? <laughs> No, he he's really mean here, isn't he? He calls her a, a, a second-rate singer at a third-rate club, as one line he yep. uses here, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, it's, right. it, and the thing is, it's that thing of... 
to me, it's irrelevant if she's good or not. I mean, she's obviously she can she can hold a tune. Don't get me wrong; she she does all right, doesn't she? But mm. it's irrelevant if she's good or not. That's your wife, your supporter. Well, she says, you know, that she expects him to support her, and he says that he did support her. He funded an album. He funded lessons. He funded all mm. this kind of stuff. The album flopped. And now, you know, it's it's just had enough of it, is what he says. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So I'm I am i gonna give my thoughts quickly on on Derek, right? And this might right. I'm gonna try not to spoil future things, right? It is clear that we're supposed to think he's a dick. Yeah. And it's clear at this point, obviously, that the plan is to kill him because he's a dick to her. And he treats and he's her nastily. Rich. And he's rich. Right? But it's because he's nasty and he beats her and he talks all like shit and all this. Uh-huh. And he's cheating on her and he's a horrible, horrible person, right? Now, the cheating, yes, right? But outside of that, all we've really got to go by is these interactions. Yeah, that's true. And in these interactions, I would say in the first one, he was a little bit... Well, so the ver- actually, the very first one, he wakes up at night and she tells him to go to sleep. There's no real interaction there. No. This, but she's like, go to sleep, right? The second one, they're talking, and he's saying, I don't know why he's still doing that club. We don't need to do it. It's essentially what he's saying. Now, he might not be saying it in the most gentle of ways, but that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And this interaction, she's all happy about it, and he's going, oh, here we go again. And you could read it as he's a complete dick. Or you could read it as when he says, I've paid for this, I paid for your singing lessons. I've arranged for these agents to come out to you. I've paid for your albums. And all of it is falling on its head. Just, you know, it might be the end of his tether. It's like, just stop. Yeah, it's, I get you. A waste of time and money and effort. In in these, I, I can see that they have dressed him up to be this, this person. But there's enough for me to go, actually, is he all that bad? Or is she... The problem, yeah, is she uh, just an absolute, just constant pain in the ass? You know, because that money, she doesn't earn any money. She doesn't bring any money to that house. He earns all that money that she's spending. He's had her kept, and he says, "We live in a nice house. We've got all this. You don't need to do it." Now, yes, you could just shut your mouth if she enjoys doing it. Just let her do it. But I think it's the fact that she's like, I've got an agent and she, I'm going to be a big star. And yeah. it's just like, oh, here we go again. So I, think, I think you can read it too that, you know, yes, he shouldn't be cheating on her, but maybe, you know, that is just, there's just no. And there's a, there's a weird comment later. This is what started my mind ticking on this today. Because there's a strange comment that didn't need to be in this program. It wasn't followed up on and it wasn't, you know, nothing was alluded to it before, and it just made me start thinking. Actually, is he bad? Because what have we seen from him other than this scene where he's a bit rude? Mm. What have we seen from him? Actually, physically seen from him, that is that bad outside of her uh, allegations of him hitting her, which again we didn't see. And I okay, I think I get the. I know what the comment you're referring to is. We're gonna get to it in a little bit, but yeah, I think I know the one. It's a weird one. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, and th- for me, if that is done on purpose, that's a brilliant little way that they've done that. Cause we talk about them being subtle. Yeah. I think with murder in mind, obviously there's certain episodes that we don't, every episode that I've watched so far, I've enjoyed to some level. 
Mm. but we have our rating system and so on. So there are ones that I absolutely think are fantastic. There are ones yeah. that I probably wouldn't go back and watch again, whatever. Yeah, and the rating system that we've developed is literally murder or keep in mind. Yes. There's no kind of, it's not a one to five rating. It's yeah. either keeping it or we're not. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, so there's not a lot of wiggle room. Well. When they're well written, when they're the good episodes, I think they're very good and very clever. Uh, like teacher i thought was fantastic and you know i'm not going to list the ones that you know we've said are brilliant already like but they are really clever and i a spoiler alert, i think this drops into the bracket of being very clever mm. and there's a it's very very possible that what you're saying is right and it is a case of is he or we are led to believe he is the character derek i'm referring to and i think the really good episodes of murder in mind the well-written ones most you know most of them we've enjoyed so far have been written by Anthony Horowitz haven't they and I think they have yeah there's a lot of open-ended comments moments mm. uh, points to discuss you know because mm. we do sit here and we sometimes have different interpretations of, of different characters different scenes different conversations and it's now getting to a point where you know, a lot of this I'm watching for the first time. It's now mm. getting to a point where we're, I suppose we're pretty much halfway through, aren't we? We're kind of halfway yeah, through. Yeah, we are, seconds. yeah. Yeah. It's happened too many times now to have either A, been an accident or be a coincidence. Oh, so yeah. It it, it's, be... it's a trend that we found, isn't it? Yes. The open-endedness to leave it up. Almost, I, I referred it to being like a book. Mm-hmm. Which I know sounds stupid because, you know, TV shows are... You know, a lot of them develop from books and whatever. But with with books, the people reason people enjoy them is because you interpret it your own way, don't you? Whereas TV yes. shows, a lot of the time, what happens on screen is all you see. You see everything that happens. Whereas there is enough in here. Um, you know, most episodes finish, and you go, "I don't know what happens to that character," but you don't feel shortchanged mm. because you your mind they they give you enough to go, "Okay, I think this is going to happen." And it keeps you interested. Yeah. 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 But I, I'm not meaning just literally the way shows finish and you've got, mm. you know, I'm talking, I mean, here we're talking about the character of Derek. Yeah. He's killed off early on, mm. you know, and we're still talking about whether, you know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? We've been led to believe this one particular way, but there's hints of him being another way. And that, I mean, just again, shows the, the cleverness and the strength of the writing really. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's so like I say, he it, he says that to her about the the album and all that, um, and then we got a bit of semi graphic sexy time. Sigh, we did, didn't we? First time we've had that, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. Boob. We have had a bit of boob, and we've had a bit of bat. Have we? Yeah, Denise oh, Van Eyten yeah, had a bit did, of boob. We? Oh yeah, Denise Van Eyten. Yeah, how could I forget? And the other last that Denise Van Eyten's husband was with. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of John Thompson's ass. We did. Yeah. I don't think that was necessary. <laughs> Surprisingly smooth. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so, so yeah, so they're, they're having a little bit of uh, jiggy jiggy, aren't they? Um, and uh, straight away afterwards, they literally lay down and he goes, how was the audition? <laughs> oh, no, when's the audition? And they start talking about the murder, don't they? Yes. Straight away, they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, Weird pillow talk, but okay, we've only got an hour. Uh, <laughs> again, it's it's one of those things where it, it is a bit jarring sometimes. But again, mm. they, they, it's, it's it's a mini movie, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. It's a mini movie cut down to be, 
you know, they got, they got this whole story. I think it's 55 minutes in total, yeah. or 56 minutes. So there's going to be moments that have to be this way. Yeah. I guess. And it doesn't, it, in some episodes we've seen, it's a bit of a, oh, okay, that didn't quite sit right. Or that was a bit jarring. Mm. But here it's noticeable, but it's kind of, yeah, okay, it is what it is. It's not an issue, I don't think. No. Um, I don't suppose they really, you know, needed to be have a sex in the scene, but, you know, whatever. Why not? They're two, they're two good-looking people, so mm. get them, they, they're right to say, get your kit off. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so she says that her audition is Tuesday at 6, and he says that's perfect because that's the time that Derek leaves the office. Uh, usually goes home. Um, so that's when, that's when Beppe's going to do it. Uh, he's said he's got to make it look. We spoke about it, he's got to make it look like a mugging, like we said about the about the car, yeah. um, and uh, make it look like a fight that got out of control. Um, then we go to the next day, uh, I think, and she says to Derek, her husband, to wish her luck for her audition, and he kind of goes, "Good luck." Again, this is another thing. He wasn't horrible to her here. No, he just looks downtrodden, and he goes. Yeah, good luck, you know. So there's another bit there, isn't there, really? You know, if he's that awful. Um, Then uh, we see Mark blacking out the CCTV camera. And this is where we see Derek's in his office. He talks to the the girl, uh, Vicky, um, in the office. And he says to her... His secretary, isn't it? His secretary. And he says to her, do you think I've put on weight? And then that's... It. Yeah, that, that, there's not followed up. There's no further conversation. She straight no. away goes, "Oh no, of course not." Mm. And that's the bit that made me go, "Hang on a second She, so yes, you know, he's carrying on with someone else, apparently, mm-hmm. right? But we know that she's carrying on with someone else, with Beppe, right? Yeah, she's carrying on with someone else. And she came home the other night, and he woke up, and she said, "Just go to sleep." She's been pretty cold. They're clearly not, you know, got this love and relationship thing going on. Clearly a bit of a happy relationship. So he's, him saying to her, have I put on weight? That made me think, oh, hang on a second. That's, why, why put that in there? Mm. So that's what made me think. He's, maybe he's not a bad guy. Maybe he's just, like, had enough. Maybe he's unhappy. He feels unattractive. Yeah. He's, you know, doesn't feel love. Feels like he's being used for his money. So yeah. I'm Team Derek, you know. Oh, okay, interesting. I'm Team Derek. I think uh, I, I don't think I don't think that we've seen enough to make to make us know that he's as bad as she says he is. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, uh, it, it is. We are making the assumption just on what we're told, aren't we? So yeah. Well, why else have they thrown in that line? What a mm. weird line to throw in with no. There was no previous to it. Do you think I put on weight? Why? Why would they do that? Other mm-hmm. than him thinking that he's not attractive. Yeah, yeah, spot on. It was really odd. Yeah, you know, as soon as it was said, I was like, "That is strange." And I was, I was thinking because of the way with this this show works, I was thinking, "Is that one of those little tiny things that they drop in that's like, going like to be relevant be given, later?" Should be giving him like pills that's made him. Yeah, something is yeah. something going to pop up later, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it didn't. Yeah, nothing does. Um, so Tara meets uh, the agent called Yuen, Yuan, 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 
Yuan. Yuan? Yuan? Well, I don't Something know. <laughs> like that. Um, Yuan is played by William Ely and sort of Doctor Who alert. Nice. Okay. Uh, he's only credited as Old Passenger, but it counts. He was still in it. Uh, you can catch him in the background of the 2020 episode Spyfall Part 1. Ah, okay. He's there. Very recent Doctor Who alert then. There you go, yeah. He he is there uh, somewhere. <laughs> periphery as old passenger. I tell you what, that would be hot to throw in, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you if you were an extra <laughs> and they were like, okay, or you're an actor and they're going, you are old passenger. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm only, I'm only 46. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Well, I was, I was talking to my boss at work today, well, my supervisor at work today, because we go to Tesco's on our lunch. We work right by a big Tesco's. And, you know, you buy an energy drink or sometimes I'll buy me a beer and my cat food and whatever at my lunch break to take home and stuff. And, of course, you get ID'd on the self-scan stuff, don't you? And I don't yeah. think they have to be as necessarily harsh with what's written on these self-scans <laughs> as they do. Because the person has to come over and yeah. press the button saying, I've asked for ID. Yeah. Or it, it says the customer is blatantly 100% totally <laughs> over 25 years of age. I don't need that. <laughs> It's like, it doesn't yeah. need to be written as severe as that. It's the same. The crap the same. it is when they do it and they don't even really need to look at you. Yeah. They come over and they give you a corner, corner eye glance and just straight away. I'm like, at yeah. least, at least take a couple of seconds to pretend you're thinking about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I got ID'd, I'd have to put the beer back because I've got no form of identification at all. <laughs> I've never had any form of so ID in my life. Guys. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I have not been ID'd for anything for many years. Normally. The last thing I was ID'd for, I remember what it was. Right. And it was Red Bull. Really? Okay. The last thing I got ID'd for, it was years ago. Got ID'd for Red Bull, I thought, really. Um, <laughs> and uh, a young lady I used to work with, she was probably at the time 21, 22, and she got ID'd for a 12 DVD. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ripped Why? her for weeks. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd get her like a little stool at work to when she was about to prep some stuff on the table. I'd be like, "There you go, you can step up on that." I was just <laughs> ripping her for weeks. I gave her a sippy cup at one point. Brilliant. I was like, "Do you want a drink?" Passed her a sippy cup. Yeah, just ripped <laughs> her for weeks. Um, uh, but then she just pointed out that I'm fat. Uh, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Tara, Tara meets uh, old passenger, um, and this is when Mark nips out for some coffee, doesn't he? Again, and and they preface this early. He did it once, yep. so him and his uh, buddy Harry, um, there at the table uh, on the security job, he nips out for a coffee. But obviously, we know he's going to uh, his plan is to go and kill Derek. So he goes behind some bins, puts some overalls on, uh, runs to the car park because Derek's walking there as well enters through the fire escape and knocks out the lights, doesn't he? Yeah, I liked that touch as well, because I'm not going to lie, when he's got himself ready to go and kill Derek, I'm thinking, this is similar to when old Rob Royden decided to stab his mate. Mm -hmm. This is a shit disguise. (laughs) You know, I mean, you've not tried very hard there, Beppe, have you? Let's be honest. (laughs) You know, you may have shaved that little beard off. That was Beppe. Yes, you may have shaved that little beard off, but we know who you are. You know, it's that kind of scenario. But when he pulled the lights and it, you know, everything went dark, I was like, oh, okay. It's still a shit disguise. 
but at least it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it was kind of dark when Rob Bryan did it because it was outside at night. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just the crap that's got. <laughs> but the Rob Brydon one, though, he literally stopped, made huge <laughs> eye contacts. They might as well have just kissed. There was, just, <laughs> it was they were both just like looking at each other, like, oh, all right. <laughs> They've been watching so much Superman. They're just like, put on some specs, job done. Yeah, there we go. Job done. Go. Put, put on a plastic squirrel tail. Yeah. <laughs> They'll think I'm Doreen. Uh, that's it. Doreen and Squirrel Girl are two separate people. Her, her, <laughs> her powers of disguise are uh, astounding. Yeah. Sometimes she'll just be she'll just be at college. Ha, what college students called Doreen, by the way? I don't know. Anyway, she'll be at college and this sort of squirrel will come up and sit on her shoulder. She's like, fuck off. <laughs> You're blowing my cover. Not that <laughs> massive bushy tail that she's got penetrating from a hole. Does she have that all the time? I think so. What did she do then? Like, just gaffer tape it to her back? Mate, that, that picture I showed you. Yeah. Where does that tail go? It's bigger than her. You could gaffer tape it around. You could wrap it around you and just think gaffer tape it in. So she'll just look fat. really fat when she <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> she'll forget and she'll take her lad back to her to her dorm <laughs> and just take her top of this all this hair. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what the Chewbacca story was with Fitch. Maybe his blind date. You know, make sure that she's squirrel girl. <laughs> Mate, can you imagine that? Just some, <laughs> the, the rare occasion that something bad happens at her college and she's got to blow her own cover and, like, you know, do not fear, people, fellow students and lecturers. I am not a fat lass. I am squirrel girl. And the belly disappears as this tail just comes out. And she summons all the local locals <laughs> and wildlife. And <laughs> oh, no, just the squirrels. <laughs> Red squirrels are vicious, mind, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they are. I'm not taking a piss now. The, no, no, it's not the red they ones. Are, it's the grey. Yeah. The grey. The grey ones are vicious, aren't they? Because red squirrels are dying out. Because the grey yeah, squirrels are the killing them all. Grey squirrels, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if only the grey squirrels had a superhero to vanquish them in their evil. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's actually a super villain. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> a whole oh, different. God. Well. Squirrel Girl, the podcast, coming soon. <laughs> review all of her stories. I think we've spoken far too much about squirrels. On this <laughs> we've spoken, I think we've spoken more about Squirrel Girl than we have Murder in Mind. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> We're not even halfway through with Murder hasn't even happened oh yet. God. <laughs> oh, goodness. Right, let's just get, get straight to the killing then, shall we? Um... Yeah, so he knocks out the lights. Uh, this is all, again, interspersed with shots from the club, the actual uh, where uh, Beppe goes up and attacks him with a crowbar. Um, and again, Murder Mind do this quite often. I like this, where it's cut to and yeah. from, give you a bit of atmosphere. Um, he walks up to the boot, puts his case in the uh, coat in the boot, and then that's when Mark attacks him. Mark, I've written Mark, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. With a crowbar, batters him with her singing in the background. Uh, Derek looks up and sees uh, Beppe and goes, when do you want to stand this? And then he <laughs> continues to, uh, I've written here, continues to bugger him, but it's not what I meant it's, to write. That, that's a whole different assault. <laughs> Batter him, I think, was what I attempted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here comes Squirrel Girl to save the day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on this murder? 
and he does he does also smash a car window. What were your thoughts on this murder at the time? Uh, because it is murder in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it odd that he's trying to just bludgeon him with a crowbar. Mm. Because that's quite a physically demanding one to do would you no that's what i mean it's it's quite a physically demanding way of killing someone it's i suppose i don't know how to word it without sounding silly but i suppose it's not a guaranteed method out of all the tools you would think like a hammer well as we've seen you'd think a hammer would be more effective wouldn't you Mm. yeah but even that you're bludgeoning someone Mm -hmm. you can leave them for dead I mean, as we see here, I guess, but I'm not referencing just this. Mm. You can batter the crap out of someone with with a hammer and whatever, leave them for dead, and they might not actually be fully dead. Well, we did see with disposal, we used a knife, and the guy survived to hospital. Yeah, perhaps they're just shit at killing people. (laughs) (laughs) Not very good, are they? No. Um, I wrote a note here, which was, he hasn't even checked his pulse. That's what I wrote here. Right, okay. Because he battered him, he looked up at him, he battered him again, he's on the floor, he didn't even check, he didn't check his breathing, didn't check his pulse, nothing. Smashed the car window and off he tried. Mm. And I watched it and thought, oh, that's a bit silly. Uh, but obviously not known, not remembering at the time if, if that was going to come back, actually be part of the story. I just thought, oh, surely you would do, if it's a method like that, if it is stabbing, you know, you can see why people would assume after mm. a couple of, couple of, Stabs. Couple but of stabs. When you've attacked someone with something like that and they're just not moving anymore, I wouldn't just assume they were dead. No. No, not at all. And I didn't even notice about the not checking their pulse and all that sort of stuff, but you're spot on with that. That makes a load of sense. The big thing for me was, and I'm guessing we were supposed to notice it, but the wallet was left. Mm. Now, I'm thinking that they've had this conversation, Beppe and Tara about staging this as a robbery, a mugging. Yeah. But then I started thinking, okay, maybe that's been left because they started to fixate on the car Mm because they were talking about how Derek would go mental if anyone touches his car. Yeah. And there's already been car break-ins in that car park. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe they're, they're fixating on the car aspect of the robbery as opposed to the actual money, credit cards, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So part of me was a bit like, oh, wallet's been left. That's a bit weird. Yeah, maybe that will... Sorry, go on. Sorry. Part of me was like, you know, wallet's been left. That's a bit weird. Then another part of me kind of explained it away to myself as, yeah, but they were fixating on the car aspect. Yeah, I was thinking maybe, um, you know, that would be a a trip up because people go, well, if he was being... If he was being uh, robbed, if it was a mugging, they would have taken his wallet. Mm. But as it turned out, that wasn't the problem with the wallet. No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Um, yeah, you would think uh, that's what I thought anyway. Um, he rushes to his locker, um, puts all his stuff in there, comes back uh, with a coffee cup, and he's a sweaty Betty. Uh, yeah. Harry. Harry doesn't notice anything. Shit security guard. Yeah, he's not interested, is he, Harry? <laughs> no. Um, so uh, Tara finishes her song and uh, he goes back to his bedsit. She pulls up home and there's a police car waiting for her. Um, and then I've written, as as expected, I've written, uh, he's he's still alive, Derek, isn't he? 
Yeah, I didn't expect that. I say I noticed that he didn't check the poll, so I was like, "Ah, uh, yeah." They, I was too fixated on like you know, pick up his library card and whatnot. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but so what did like, you think then when they said he's still alive? I went, "Oh shit!" Because he's literally looked at him and gone, "You," as he's getting yep. battered with this crowbar. And I'm like, "No, oh my goodness, that's quite you know." And obviously, we had this in uh, disposal, didn't we, with Rob mm-hmm. Brydon? And I'm thinking, okay, this is two episodes with a similar kind of aspect to them very close together but handled quite differently as well i think but at this Mm. initial point i'm thinking okay it's a bit close to the other episode having something similar to this but i was a bit more like oh struth because i I thought that i thought he was dead and i thought Mm. the story was going to be then moving on with how we've seen in other murder in mind stories them dealing with the investigation and so on but Mm. then as soon as they said he's not dead oh this is going to take a completely different turn but he doesn't yeah. hang around much longer does he to be fair no which I say it's kind of is kind of similar to disposal really isn't it mm. um, yeah so um, she goes to the hospital to see him she tells Beppe that he's not dead and they do start to panic as you said um, he's saying he's confident that Derek won't come round but, um, but you know she's obviously not too sure and then she goes to see Derek again uh, and I've written that she sees she seems remorseful here, uh, but it could just be that it didn't work. Is what I wrote. Mm. Yeah, um, she does apologise to him a little bit. Isn't this when she's talking to him and he opens his eyes? Yeah, so she's talking to him and she says to him basically that I've been cheating on you. We arranged your murder. Basically, yes. tells him just go just slip away there's nothing for you and he just shoots his eyes open I and it was, was like a whoa shit moment wasn't it yeah that was brilliant but then like he just he's gone instantly he's... dies afterwards yeah. yeah but what a great moment that was that I was so that. good that was so good but we there's something here that is this happens a couple of times in this episode and I'll, I'll point it out again later on when, when we get something similar but Obviously, this is the days before everyone having mobile phones and so yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Tara calls Beppe from the hospital. She's on yeah. the payphone in the hospital to say he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Right? She's not very quiet about this. And she stood in the bleeding hospital. People are wandering around her as this is happening. Yeah, and then what makes right. it even worse is she says, I'm at the hospital. He turns up at the hospital. Numpteeny. And they stand there and have a very you know animated not particularly quiet discussion did he see your face will he recognize you he's not dead yet and there's just fucking nurses walking around them <laughs> and i'm like what are you doing if you've ever worked with nurses they're not interested in what other people are talking about <laughs> they've got oh, their okay. mind on other things <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what i would say they've got their mind on patients which some of them do but usually it's on i can't find a fucking pen uh, fair enough. Usually, what they're thinking, they're usually going. She's nubbed my pen again. Honestly, <laughs> you've never heard. And to any, if there's anyone listening that's a nurse, they know how how much nurses care about. If you ever want to thank a nurse for their brilliant job that they do, because they do do amazing jobs. Yes. Don't buy them chocolates. Don't buy them flowers. Buy them pens, and you will see the joy in their face. Yeah. Trust me. I'll bet my sister. Morning is a nurse as well. And she once told me someone had bought her a box of pens and she was so happy about it. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll, bear that, I'll bear that in mind. You just can never find a pen. 
you never find a pen. Everyone <laughs> expends. It's the same. I, I work in the care industry um, and chefs as well. Chefs always nick pens. So anyone gives me a pen up, I've got so many. And I say that, I've got so many pens because I was a chef. So I've got <laughs> hundreds of pens. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's a good point, though. Um, and, then, and then just just as he dies, um, old Roger from Footballers Wives rocks up as the inspector. Yeah, is it Garrett, his name? The character's name is Garrett. Yes. Yeah. Um, Detective Superintendent Garrett, uh, who is... Played by Jesse Birdsall, who I know from Footballers' Wives. I remember him uh, from that time period. Not that See, I watched I, it religiously, but... I recognised him, and I knew he was from something football-based. But I yeah. thought he was, like, from Dream Team or something. I thought he was Dream Team. I had to I had to check. I thought he was Dream Team, but I think I was thinking of old... What's his name? The goalkeeper in Dream Team. It's I, d- I can't remember. I, but, um, yeah, no, so he, was, he was in Footballers' Wives... Uh, apparently he was in Hollyoaks for a few years as a character called Fraser. Um, he's popped up in Boone, Minder, Kavanagh QC. Um, he was loads, do you know what I've written here? He was in loads of episodes of Bloody El Dorado. Do you remember that side I've written? El Dorado. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> he was in loads that was, of them. That was, was that Channel 5? Must have been. Four or five. Or was it, it may have even been BBC, you know. Surely not. In my head, it was when Channel 5 launched and they had their own soap. Yeah, it might have And been it was El Dorado. But now I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking... Well, they El had Dorado? family, family, family something. Family affairs, didn't they, as well, Channel 5. Okay. They had family affairs. Idris Elba was in, like, a few episodes of it. You don't know who that is, do you? No. I don't know who Idris Elba is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He was in a couple of episodes of Family Affairs, the soap opera, and then he just disappeared because he's Idris Elba and he ended up getting better work. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, doing good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was BBC. BBC Was it really? Yeah, from July 92 to July 93. There you go. El Dorado. It's a blast from the past, isn't it? That's El Dorado and Squirrel Girl thoroughly covered today. Good old Doreen. Good old Doreen. so yeah, then uh, the next day, um, old uh, bloke from El Dorado and his partner, uh, DS Jane Shepherd, uh, rock up. Um, she is played by Gemma Churchill, and it's another Doctor Who alert, my friend. Okay, I recognise her, but I don't Did know you? where from. So is this going to be where I know her from? Maybe, because the only thing I've got written, it is a very recent Doctor Who alert. Okay. It's from 2001, Flux Part 4, as a character called Jean. 2001? 2021, did I say 2001? Oh, yeah, tw- yeah. Okay. I probably did say oh, that. Flux, okay. Yeah, Flux Part 4. So I only right, watched okay. that uh, in 2022. I only watched that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, they rock up and say that they found a crowbar at the scene. Uh, she says that there was... Um, people breaking in there before and that's where sort of jane says yeah that's that's what they obviously wanted us to think so it's funny you should say that Mm -hmm. um we know that didn't happen it was premeditated because the cctv was uh blacked up early in the morning so it was premeditated now just quickly before i get on to the next bit if you're going to break into a car and steal a car 
Would you not black up the CCTV or would you just leave it there? Right. That's the same thing I've got here is surely painting out the security camera. Yeah. Painting out the security camera, I would be thinking is not evidence of premeditated murder. To me, that's evidence of any particular crime happening in view of that camera. And the guy has just been clever. Yeah. And then she makes a comment. Tara makes a comment about it being uh, like spray paint. And they go, how do you know it was a spray paint? And she's like, well, I just assumed. I'm like, of course. What If someone said to me someone had painted a camera, yeah. a security camera, I wouldn't think he's there with his fucking brushes. Yeah, he's not turned up with a <laughs> roller a and a tray. With his poster paints, you know what I mean? A bit of watercolour. Of course it's a spray paint. I just felt I get a bit chilly. I just felt that that's a, such a strange thing to bring up. It's a really strange interaction with the police, isn't it? Really odd. odd. The whole um, way the police are acting is. I mean, this is you got to remember as well. We know that she's involved in the murder of her husband. Yes. The police either a have suspicions or b have no clue. Whatever. But they well, they've, got, act- they've got to ask the questions of the wife, haven't they? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. But they've also got to remember, this is a, a grieving widow. She's just lost her husband. Hmm. From the police's standpoint, they don't know what we know as a viewer. Nope. They can't go in there talking like, oh, yeah, we know you did it because there was spray paint and whatever. You know, they can't be acting that way. But that's incredibly unprofessional. Yeah, it's very strange things that they're bringing up as well, I'd say. Um, yeah, they show her his wallet and they say that uh, she says that he usually has at least 100 quid in his wallet. Mm. And they say his wallet is found the scene. There's no money in it. And my brain's going, like, yeah. one, I don't remember him taking money from it. No. But two, the whole point of this <laughs> is that it's supposed to look like a mugging. Yeah. The guy has covered up CCTV and taken money. Why is that suspicious? Yeah. That's what we think that person would have done. Exactly. It's, <laughs> again, it's such a strange interaction. It's really she strange. Says, she says, when they go, oh, there's money taken in there, she doesn't go, well, yeah. Like I said, it was probably a mugging gone wrong. She goes, well, maybe the police took the money. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> Sorry for dropping the F-bomb, but what? Yeah. What? Oh, it's so weird. Um, also, we know as well that Beppe didn't touch the wallet. No, that was we, re- no, and know this that. is when I start thinking... That's good. You know, this is where I start thinking, okay, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, so it's that's not- good because we as viewers know, and I guess that's why the conversation with the wallet had to happen, I suppose. Mm. But that, that's good because as a viewer, we go, hang on, he didn't touch it. No. So something's awry. Yeah, that's a bit mm, odd, um, but the, the the conversation doesn't really make sense. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Um, but yeah, she she accused the police of stealing the money, and old matey, uh, the policeman said, "I don't like your attitude." And what I did like here was she goes, "Well, I don't like yours because yeah. my husband's just died, and you're treating me like a suspect." And I was like, "Go on, girl." Yeah, and that's exactly right. That's the point I was just trying to make. Yeah, totally. It's it's really. Oh, it's very strange. Well, strange. Uh, I also liked this when they uh, the police left the house. We saw them leave, and DSJ. He says to DSJ, "What do you think?" And DSJ goes, "Ah, she knows." Yeah. I'm going to tell you now. 
I really like DS Jane's character. Okay. Uh, I think because she's so on it, um, I think she's a good contrast to, you know, someone who's clearly, even here, is a bit dodgy. Mm. Um, and, you know, he gets mentioned later that he's bent, he's a bent copper. But her reaction to some of the stuff he does, I don't know if they played the best, but I, I like that they had that character not just sitting there going, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they do. They did add that little bit of her looking at him like, "What the fuck? What are you doing, man? Like, mm. this isn't right. You shouldn't be doing this." And she is really switched on, apart from the weird stuff about, "Well, how did you know that he didn't do a mosaic on the uh, camera?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, though, I suppose quite similar to pretty much all the episodes we, we've discussed, it is a very small cast, isn't it? Yeah. So when if if you do notice a character that is kind of just there for the sake of being there, they do kind of stand out. Mm. whereas they might get lost in the background if the cast was a bit bigger. So it's good that they, these characters are sort of fleshed out a bit more. They're a bit more to yeah. them, I suppose. You get a little bit of... Well, I can't remember what episode it was. Let's show you how much it was. But there was a detective, and there was a second detective yes. with him. And we put we put them as like the opposite of our VIP, but we've still not got a name yeah. for Um Because we were just like, why was she there? Yeah. Did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas, yeah, this, she's got a bit of personality, hasn't she? Um Tara and Beppe meet, and Beppe says that um, she's got an alibi, you know, because she's getting worried about this. She's got an alibi, and they won't know about him. Um, she mentions uh, Detective Garrett by name to Beppe, and he becomes a little bit panicked, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got history with him. Mm-hmm. And he gives a description of the guy, and he starts saying about how he's a fascist and a racist. Yep. He's a womanizer. Mm-hmm. And I went, ah, okay. And this is when I thought to myself, right. Because that didn't, that, that thrown in seemed odd. A fascist, a, raci- a racist, he's on the take, and, and oh, and he, he loves the ladies, or so, however it was worded. Yeah. And I thought, that was a bit, that doesn't quite fit in with, you know, because it wasn't worded like he's a rat or anything like I that. Love it was, rat, yeah. Yeah, it was worded a little bit more like, oh, he likes the ladies, or he loves the ladies, or whatever it was worded as. And I thought, okay, fascist, right? Racist, right? Fond of the ladies. I was like, okay, that's not, that's not as critical of his character as it potentially could be. And Mm. why is that relevant to everything else? Oh, suspicious side was out. Yeah, it was. And I was a bit (laughs) like, what's going on here then? Hang on then. Why has that been thrown in? You know, because again, really? there's no smoke without fire, I think, mate, with a lot of these episodes. And that line, I was a bit like, that sounds weird. Well, that's interesting. And the fact that he knew Mark Beppe from, yeah, oh, there you go. This is when I started writing down his name as Mark. There we are. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I've got Mark here now as well. Yeah. I wonder if we didn't hear his name until this point. Maybe. Yeah, but the fact that they've got previous and he mm. arrested him, and then we find out Mark has already been to prison for armed, for armed robbery? robbery. Yeah, and he's got a job as a security guard. Right. So the, I've written this that doesn't make sense to me because he makes a comment. I don't know if I'm skipping forward a little bit, but he makes a comment about the fact that because he's got a history of armed robbery, that's why he's he's only ever going to be a security guard. And I'm like, yeah, surely that's not a job you would get. <laughs> no, I've been a security guard and it was a long time ago. I'll tell you what, it may actually work out because it was a long time ago. So it may be around this time. This was 
released when? 2002? Okay. I met Anya's mum when I was a security guard. Anya is 19 soon, so it's not far off, I suppose. Similar sort of time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Anya'll be 19 next month, so yeah, that kind of works out. They had to do checks on me. They had to yeah. look into certain aspects. Like a DBS and stuff. Yeah, that, they had to do that yeah. sort of, you know. And I was just standing in the front door of the co-op <laughs> for 45 hours a week or whatever it was. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, what he's doing seems a little bit more advanced to what I was doing. And okay, You think security, you're not going to have someone that was... <laughs> not, for, not, not just Not just <laughs> any crime, but specifically armed robbery. Yeah, it just... It was just nonsense, and and obviously later on we find that he maybe didn't disclose that when he well, got yes. the job. But mm. still, they would be doing. They checks would have done checks because we find that he doesn't work directly for Derek. He's mm. part of a security firm for the building, as yes. mentioned at some point. That's right. So, is. yeah. So it's not like you're hiring somebody you know to give them a chance in your own building. You've subcontracted to a security firm, which is what I was part of, and they do their checks. Yeah, badly. Yeah, so that was a bit... Yeah, made no sense. Yeah, yeah, so he he tells her about that uh, situation. He said that he's a a thief, not a killer, because she's she's a bit taken aback for it. the terminology he used earlier was he fancies himself a ladies' man. Right. Okay. Yeah. But again, that doesn't, doesn't fit, fit in with the other stuff. Racist, fascist, mm. this, that. You know. Um, and also, whilst whilst we're here, this is another one of those moments that I thought was like, like we spoke about in the hospital, where you know they're, they're referring to Beppe as the invisible man. He he's perfect for this this crime they've concocted between the two of them because there's no link between them and there's no motive for him and all this sort of stuff. No one would suspect him, I suppose, is the, the sort of thread they're going for. Mm. And they meet in secret here in 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 a car uh, in like what looks like some sort of wasteland, abandoned lot, warehouse, car park sort of effort by the train tracks. You know, the sort of typical. Yep. You know, so no one's arranged, so they're meeting in secret on this conversation. Okay, I'm on board of all that. Mm-hmm. But after they've met in secret, they go to the fucking pub and hold hands. Yeah. I'm like, and, that, and that's why they're openly, again, in this pub, openly yeah. talking about the murder. And, and they're openly talking about it. Yeah, and I, I'm just I like, that as well. Oh, and then she drops oh. him off back home. Yeah. She literally drives to where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, why bother meeting in secret in the first place? Either size just got really red because of that, or the or, the, or these sun lamps that he's got <laughs> starting to kick in. <laughs> oh, my blood pressure's rising. <laughs> um, but she does. She does. Um, he tries to reassure her, um, but she does have a go at him about the wallet, and he said he didn't take any money from the wallet. I didn't even touch the wallet. Um, again, I'm thinking. Oh, we've just had the conversation about the copper knows him. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a wrong un. He's a, well, a bent copper is the term, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He knows this guy already and doesn't like Mark. Yep. And now all of a sudden, this wallet has turned up. So I'll, I'll tell you what I was thinking because I didn't remember the episode when I first watched it back. This was, I watched it back a while ago. Um, and my thought was that this copper was going to be setting Mark up for the murder, not realising he actually did the murder. I thought that's what it was going to be. Okay. I thought Mark 
I thought um, I thought the detective had seen that Mark was working in security, doesn't like him, and was like, oh, I'm going to fuck this guy. Mm. I'm going to screw him over and stitch him up. That's what I thought was going on. I thought this guy, the detective had pocketed the 100 quid and got his fingerprints on file or something like this, is what I thought was going to happen. Right. Okay. I was kind of wrong. Uh, I was kind of halfway there. Okay. I've, I thought, well, we get to the next bit, don't we, with the uh, Garrett and so on. And, and they've got the firmness of yes. coffee from the lock. Coffee. Yeah. Right. Because Harry said he went to the went out and got coffee for the other security guard. Mm. And that was where he was supposed to be whilst the murder was yeah. taking place. But instead, and again, I thought this was quite a clever little touch by old Beppe. He, mm-hmm. he, he got, because if he turned out about the coffee, it'd have been like, well, where you been? Yeah. But he's got a fair amount of coffee to sort of make it look like he's been to get the coffee. So it gives him mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a, I suppose a, a, a half decent alibi, I suppose. I thought quite clever. Yeah. But then Garrett's got the thermos from his locker and even the the lady police officer his partner asks him what made you think to go get the thermos from his locker yeah and he says like experience or something yeah and at that moment i was like easing on this okay interesting at that moment i was like the ladies man comment Mm -hmm. the whole wallet thing and then the thermos flask i was like is he working with Tara? Interesting. Because we've already seen earlier on how manipulative Tara was in getting Mark to commit the murder. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay. That's when I sort of started to piece half of it together. Actually, how it was done, or the other parts, mm-hmm. I got wrong. Okay. But that part of it, I was a bit like, right, okay. I mean, it could, again, it's one of those things where in a previous episode, my mind sort of ran away of itself and I pieced things together and I was a million miles off where at the end (laughs) was. On this occasion, I've pieced things together and I've been like, okay, hang on then. Mm. But the actual method was incorrect. Okay, got it. Interesting. Um, Police talked to her again. They revealed that uh, Derek was cheating on her. Um, She calls them out again on bringing that up. You know, I'm, I'm... why do you need to tell me that now? Why do you think yeah. that's necessary? Because I'm, I'm grieving, and again, it's a really good point. And it's not um, just, it's not just cheating on her. They then turn around and go, oh, and we've spoken to his mistress, I suppose, bit on the side, whatever. Yeah. And she says he was going to leave you. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Now this is another bit. Team Derek, go Derek, right? <laughs> okay. Bo Derek. He's- he's he's cheating on her right with this woman he's told this woman that he's really unhappy and he's gonna divorce her does that sound like an overbearing evil person that's keeping her under his thumb that needs to be offed or does that sound like she's about to lose all her money yeah very true and that actually Derek was just fed up of her bullshit and we've seen she's a manipulator Mm mm-hmm and he was just had enough and he was, you know, it's not the right, well, at least it's not the approach, but uh, not me to judge, but he's, uh, he's gone and looked elsewhere and maybe found happiness with other person. He's going to leave mm-hmm. when he can get all of his ducks in the row because she'll try and take him for stuff. I'm team Derek. I think, I think this was all done purposely to go. He's, 
Derek's a bit of a knob, but actually, he's not that bad. Yeah, I, I, this part here, I completely agree with where you're coming from. It re, it all sort of drops into place now. What you were talking about earlier, mm. you know, it's spot on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the uh, she didn't know um, about that. Uh, their police then that that's when they point out they found fingerprint match on Derek's wallet that turns out to be Beppe's. They turn up to the office. They, they take Beppe. Right. That was the bit there. I was like, the copper's definitely on it. Okay. He is working with Tara to set Mark up to take the four. Copper's in on it because he has planted the fingerprint on the wallet. Right. Now, we'll find out later on about how that actually worked, yeah. obviously. So, I thought that he'd done that. Yes. I thought that he'd planted the <laughs> fingerprint, but I still didn't think that he was with Tara. I just didn't think that very. Okay. I just thought he was just, it was going to be that he's trying to set up this bloke, not mm. realising this bloke actually did it. Right. Okay. I, I got the Tara bit. Right, but I got their method wrong, obviously, because I thought he'd right. he'd managed to put the print on there. But I suppose when you think about it, he says he he caught him years ago and all this. Where would he get the print from? I didn't really think that through. No, was right. I just thought this because I haven't checked. Was Pepe wearing gloves when he was hold? Wasn't Pepe yes. wearing gloves when he held the thing? Yes, yeah, black leather gloves on. Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference because he was stitched up anyway. But yeah, um, yeah. So uh, they tell Beppe that the fingerprint was on there. He says they're lying, and that's when uh, old matey, the detective, grabs him by the throat. Um, and DS Jane looks really uncomfortable about this. That was brilliant as well. You mentioned how good she was in these tiny little moments that she had. That she did that fantastic. She was superb there. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and he, yeah. Uh, even like it. It looks like sometimes in TV shows, people grab him by the throat and they just sort of sit there and go, Ugh. it looks like he really grabbed him by the yeah. throat, right? You know, the way his hand kind of closed around it and Beppe was going, you know, not just red in the face, but, you know, the veins were popping and it. you could see the DS James like, uh-oh, my, he's my boss. But he yeah. shouldn't be doing that. He's just a, the more you see him on the screen, mm-hmm. the more he comes across like a proper slimy nasty bastard but yeah. initially like again it's the literally the first couple of occasions it's very small timing i just think okay he's the policeman trying to do his job but mm-hmm. the more you see him the more you realize this guy's not pleasant at all is he it's a dick yeah yes he's racist a fascist and a ladies man exactly <laughs> and that that's the trifecta mate that's the <laughs> um they have a conversation um, and uh, what, are they, what, what are, I've written, I don't know if this will make any sense. They have a conversation and Garrett can't imagine they're together. Oh, the, the detective, that's right. The detectives are talking and she says, do you think that Mark's, uh, that Tara's in on it with Beppe? And that's when the detective says, I can't imagine that she'd be slamming it with a scumbag like that yeah and again at the time i'm thinking he's defending her yeah yeah just sort of added more weight to it you know yeah um beppe says that garrett's made up his mind it's only a matter of time uh beppe tells tara that he didn't touch the wallet because she's obviously having a go at him about it um he says that he wouldn't stitch her up if he goes down it's just him and she gets to keep the money and she says doesn't care about the money and she's crying Mm. You weren't buying it? 
No, it's, I've already got in my head. I'm, I'm fixated now with what this this theory that I had. She gets home and her phone rings uh, and she ignored it. Mm. And then we see that um, Pepe is asleep, almost asleep in his bed. He's been on the booze, hasn't he? Asleep in his work stairs. uniform. Hmm? Asleep in his work uniform. Yeah, but maybe he sat on it because he's only in a bed sit. So maybe he sat on his bed, had a few drinks of whiskey in his uniform and just mm. started passing out. Yeah, I guess. We've all been there. I can't wait to get out of my work clothes, mate. No, <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> do you get do you get literally on the doormat and just strip your clothes up like Bruce Almighty? <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday, um, I know that my work I'm done for the weekend. So like today, for example, I finished uh, I finished work, I was home in an hour, and I reckon ten minutes after walking through my front door, I was just stood in my pants in my kitchen because I put all my work uniform in the wash basket in the kitchen straight away and then just put my jammers on. I'm still wearing them now. You're living the life, man. That's it. I can't make my work trousers. They're like proper big workman's gear. Oh, yeah. Like loads heavy. of pockets. And, yeah. and I've got so many fucking tools. And... <laughs> Do you know what as well? With you, I can imagine if you were walking around the house for a few hours wearing them, it would be a fucking nightmare because you'd end up like the banana in one, the bloody <laughs> yo-yo. It's just really accumulating these things. <laughs> but well i've got i've got two pairs of work trousers and by the friday that's like obviously the end of the week when i empty my pockets in the kitchen on the friday i on the kitchen side my wife gets her hair off about it because where she's like we'll stop and make herself a coffee or a cup of tea or whatever where the kettle is there's like my 10 mil spanner which then i will inevitably monday morning scream and shout about because i can't find my 10 mil spanner <laughs> um my stanley knife my my measuring equipment my, all this like I've got half a toolkit in my pocket, so I just turf out onto the side, strip the clothes off, and then fuck off upstairs. <laughs> Living the life, man. Allen keys everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so, right. So the police go there and they break down the door. Do they not have to shout police? Can you do that? Can you just go up and just straight away break down the door? There wasn't even a knock on the door. Was there wasn't. There? They just straight away break the door down. Mm. Yeah. Maybe just little holes. Uh, he he does a runner, uh, Beppe, and uh, Garrett chases him. They end up chasing through a train station, uh, I think, is that what's called? Yeah. Like those trains. Yeah, it's like a like a uh, the yard, you know, I suppose. The sort Again, of... it's a bit of an, an old trope in sort of mm. type thing. But I suppose but it's where the area he lives people. in, I guess, because when, yeah. when she picked him up and they went somewhere private, mm-hmm. it was in a similar sort of area, wasn't it? And the yeah, track yeah. ran right by the fence they were at. So yeah, yeah. Sidings and is that the right term? The railway sidings. I've got no idea, man. Hmm. I could be completely wrong on that. No idea. I call it a train station. So that's what I know. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure about the music choice here. I don't know if you remember that, but I don't think that added the suspense that they thought it did. No, I think it was a little bit jaunty. Um, but other than that, I thought this was quite good. Uh, they were chasing him round. Uh, Garrett finally catches him. He handcuffs him and headbutts him, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. He puts handcuffs on. He turns around. He headbutts him. That was some good handcuff work, mind, because mm. Beppe is coming off the side of a carriage, yep. stepping down, and he's there, poised, ready with the open handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And there's not. It's not like a struggle. You know, it's like no wasted movement. It's a kapai got you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just. It's almost like he stepped into the handcuffs. It was. It was. It was some smooth police work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the head part wasn't particularly smooth police work. And then he holds no. his head on the track. Yeah. What do you think about this? I, I, I thought that was going to be it. I thought he was going to kill him. Because I'm thinking at this point, you know, he's with Tara. This is a setup. They've done the mark is now obviously um, disposable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a risk, I guess, for their plan. Mm. And he's got this opportunity here to kill the guy off and say, we got in a fight. He fell. The train hit him. I'm thinking he's going to kill him off here and then fuckers are going to get away with it. Because mm-hmm. he ultimately, the, he needs to disappear, doesn't he, Beppe, for their plan to be successful? Yeah, I, I, I think at this point I was still thinking, I knew something was up, obviously, at this point, but I was still thinking he didn't necessarily, because he's a bit thick, mm. Beppe's character. Yeah. He's not, you know, the sharpest tool. No, he's, and he's, I think, he's quite um, naive as well, quite easily yeah. read, easily, he's quite you know, trusting. he said to her that he's, he won't stitch her up. And I thought that not necessarily a reason that he would find out, you know, that she's, like, stitched him up. Mm, yeah, I suppose. But, uh, you know, as it, as it turns out, like, it looks like probably would have done. Um, so, yeah, so he, get, he, he lifts him up right at the last second. Um just as Jane arrives, the uh, the other policewoman, uh, yeah. she looks shocked, and he says, "You know, he resisted arrest." And, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I thought something was gonna. I thought we were gonna get. We were gonna get a bit of a payoff with Jane. I thought Jane was gonna rock up with some handcuffs or something at some point. But yeah, I think Jane is one of those that she's she doesn't like what she sees, mm. but maybe she just likes to keep her head down. She needs to keep the not. Yeah, she keeps, yeah. needs to keep the mouth shut. He's quite influential, isn't he? Um, so they, so the police turn up at Tara's house and they apologise to her for the way they treated her. Um, and she says, so it was the security guard that killed him then. Um, and that they had a, they found a letter from Derek, uh, the guy that was murdered in, uh, Beppe's place, which was a termination letter signed. And this is where I was like, oh yeah, she has, this is, it took it this long. This, this was me going, oh, she did stitch him right up. See this I loved, and uh, you know, I suppose I'm, I'm sort of showing my cards a little bit here. I'm singing the praises of this episode quite a bit, and this I loved because mm. I like being surprised, or I like having those moments where I go, "Oh no," that sort of reveal. Mm-hmm. But because of the way my head works, and the fact that things just kind of sometimes click into place and they're accurate, or sometimes they click into place and they're way off the mark, but sometimes they click into place and they're accurate, I sometimes lose out on that. Mm. But here. I've kind of got some of it clicked into place, but didn't know how it was done or I didn't know all of the details. So when we start hit seeing things about this letter and even the wallet, I guess, which we'll come into shortly, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I, I still got that feeling of that was brilliantly clever. That was so well done. You know, it was even yeah. kind of in my head thinking I had it figured out mm-hmm. with regards to the characters seeing how it was done was just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so it's, I've, I wrote, it must be the document that she got him to sign earlier. Yeah. Well done, Mort. You genius. Um, <laughs> then Jane again, I'll tell you what, old, uh, old inspector Jane, she says she thinks it's a bit odd that Derek signed it himself because like you said, he does mm. works for a different uh, company. Um, that and Beppe denies ever getting a letter. Um, Garrett then apologizes to Tara again, and Jane looks pretty annoyed by that. 
this is why I was thinking Jane's going to get this guy on something. Um, Jane asks if Tara knew Mark at all, and Tara just sort of dismisses it, really, doesn't she? And um, as I suspected by this point, we get our twist, don't we? Well, we also get another little touch where Jane, not Jane, sorry, uh, Tara is not ranting as such, but she's quite forceful in her tone and her attitude about mm. how they have conducted their police work. Yeah. Because we were saying ourselves, weren't we, that they, they were asking questions and insinuating things and, mm-hmm. and they weren't behaving in a particularly professional or pleasant way. No. And they apologised, as you said. But you know, we've got to ask the questions was the line they used. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, you weren't just asking questions. You were accusing me of murdering my husband and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So which they ask, do you want to make a complaint? Yes, they do, don't they? And she's had this rant. Mm-hmm. And she, like I said, it wasn't like shouty, screamy or anything like that. But it was quite, you know, quite quite uh, stern and emotionally driven and, and quite, you know, cross. Mm-hmm. Without missing a beat, do you want to make a complaint? No. I was like, that's odd. And then we get a little look just as they go out the door. Yeah. And I was like, ah, yes. So it was at that <laughs> point where I thought, oh, they're shagging. It was literally yeah. at that point. <laughs> um, so then, so then um, that's when uh, we have that reveal. As I say, um, we get over to um, a flat. She goes to a different flat. Uh, I've written here a brilliant twist, which was perhaps telegraphed a bit too early. I think they didn't need to have that little look. Okay. I know that you'd worked some of it out already, but thickos like me wouldn't have got that yet. Right, okay. I don't think they need to have that little look. But yeah, so Garrett and Tara were in it together all, all along. All along. Um, they stitched poor old uh, Beppe right up. Um, Tara brings up DS Jane, is she going to be a problem? I thought, here we go, here we go. And then that's when he says, well, he will he will retire in three months' time anyway, and they'll run away. Mm. Um, so it doesn't really matter what, uh, what DS Jane thinks. Um, she asks about Beppe, has he said anything? He must know that something is up. Garrett gets a little bit annoyed at that question and asks if she fancied Beppe. Mm-hmm. And she basically says, of course not. And then he asks her what she's like, what he was like in bed. Yeah. And what again, think about this? he's just an horrible, slimy bastard, isn't he? It's like, she goes, not as good as you. Yeah. Which I mean, it, again, it's what he wants to hear, I guess, yeah. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And it's that thing of, it, you then realize at that moment, mm-hmm. he's a, obviously that had to happen for the relationship between Mark and Tara to work to the point of motivating and manipulating yeah. Mark to commit the crime. Yeah. Cause it's been a couple of months as they said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's aware that he, I suppose in a way he's, he's, he's pimping out his love interest hmm. to get the, his hands on his love interests, husband's money. Yeah. And it's just like, you Vile, dirty bastard. Mm-hmm. So again, that poor old Derek, right? She was shagging two blokes behind his back. Yeah, he must have known. He must have thought something. This is why they did that. That little line of, you know, when she came home and he's looking up and he goes, "Oh, you're late." She's like, "Just go to sleep." Yeah, and he says, oh, "Yeah, have I put on weight recently?" I, I think Derek. I think it was on purpose. I think mm. Derek 
wasn't really, all that bad. She just wanted the money. Really clever writing. Really good stuff. Yeah, isn't it? really good. Um, he said, "How can she be sure? How can he be sure that uh, Beppo won't talk?" And then we see that an, uh, Garrett had arranged for another inmate at the prison to slip poor old Beppo's throat in the shower. Yeah, when he walked. Did and you again, see this coming? Uh, no. But, well, before I saw it before the knife. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he's walking into the shower and there's no one else there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and straight away you're just a bit done like, the voiceover of oh, I sorted it. Yeah, so you're like, oh mate, you're in trouble. But I didn't. I, I thought that was it. I thought he was. It's weird because on one hand I'm thinking when he had him on the train track, mm-hmm. I'm thinking okay that would make sense for him to kill him because then he's 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 out the way. It's a loose end kind of dealt with. Hmm. So on one hand I was thinking he needs to die. But then when he was arrested uh, and obviously got found guilty and put in prison, it didn't enter my mind that we'd see him again. I thought that was it. Yeah. And what a tragic character, really, if you think about it. This guy who went to prison, he made a mistake. He came back. He was trying to do the right thing in that sense. You know, he got a yeah. job in security, of all things. Um, <laughs> finds this woman uh, that he becomes sort of head over heels. And she just manipulated him. Mm. She stitched him up and then he got murdered. Yeah. And it, he was just completely used and disposed of. Um, quite a sad end for uh, for old Beppe. Um, then uh, I've written here, but I've changed my mind since, because this was on my original rewatch like a year and a bit ago that I okay. made these notes originally. And I wrote that Garrett is the same as Derek. But as I've said since, I'm watching it again. I don't think Derek was actually bad. I've got a note that says that Copper is worse than the husband. Yeah. And as it turns out, she he is. Um, she says about the club, and he just completely goes, "What? Well, you shouldn't be going to that club. It's ridiculous." Um, she says it's not about the money. He says, "Well, yeah, it is about the money." Um, I put, he treats her the exact way that um, Derek did, although maybe slightly worse. But again, mm. uh, I think that's. But what I have written is she has totally shot herself in the foot here, and this is karma because if she really wanted to get away from Derek, she had. A guy who was devoted to her, a yep. guy that would do anything that she wanted. He w- would have supported her in her singing career. He would have done, as we found out, he would have murdered for her. Yeah. And she stitched him up, got him killed, and now she's ended up in a worse situation than she was in before. See, so that well. is, I think that was a really good yeah. fitting comeuppance for this character. And again, kind of an open-endedness because that's where we end, isn't it? Yeah, and, and he, like we said, he's worse than Derek mm. because at least Derek, you know, helped trying to fund albums and agents and all this. And Derek wasn't that bad, I think. But yeah, yeah. this guy is. And, and he was, he was, she was, he was saying, "Oh, why are you going to that club?" But he was still going. Mm. Sorry, she was still going. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, Garrett is literally saying, "No, you're not going. You're not allowed." That is it. And he says as well, you also get the um the little subtleties in some of the dialogue where he says, oh, I'm retiring in three months mm-hmm. and then we'll bump into each other and, and whatever. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize you were quitting your job. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't need to work. I've got all this money now. And it's kind of just makes you think a little bit of, okay, is he she's trapped? Yes. Yeah, he kind of manipulated her in a way mm-hmm. so that he can get the money. And she's just, it's, there's so many layers to it. And so we, yeah. again, these, these 
really clever open ended questions that we're left with that I just think, yeah, just so well written. Yeah. So that, that was the, the end of that. So I think I kind of know, but Sai, episode four of series two, Swan Song, should it be murdered or should it be kept in mind, my friend? Oh, 100% kept in mind. I loved this. Absolutely loved it. And and the fact that I kind of figured out sort of half of what was going on mm-hmm. didn't take away from any of the surprises at the end. Mm-hmm. It, oh, I, I loved it, mate. 100% kept, keep in mind. 100%. Yourself? Uh the same so we 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 have sort of torn down bits of it but this is what you know in this show we break it down we can't yes. we can't just you know go we watched that and it was great we actually break down bit by bit so it might sound like we're moaning a bit i absolutely not only love this story and the twists and turns i think samantha robson is amazing yes and she's amazing i don't understand i don't understand how she wasn't a bigger deal after this mm. because she did this and then a couple of other little bits and that was it really with her acting career um and maybe there was personal things i think i read somewhere that she went and had babies after this and okay. maybe changed careers but she wasn't just good in this do you know do you know what i got for, oh i don't think you've ever seen it i got major alice vibes from luther i've okay i've seen luther yes i got major a, vibes back, yeah. of the way that she did this of alice who obviously the lady that plays her name escapes my head and I'm going to be kicking myself later, but uh, Ruth Wilson, there we go. Okay. Um, she's got a very good reputation and she's brilliant. But the way she played this was very similar. Yes, it was some of the shots, like I said, of her over the over the shoulder, but she plays that manipulative evil bitch so well. Yeah. And it's so three-dimensional. She she could be a top villain in any TV show. In- she could play that well. I mean, I, I don't know if this is a question you can answer. Perhaps it's one for Steve-O to tweet into the show about. But in the bill, was her character like this? Not got a clue. Steve-O, let us know what was her character like. Mm. Was You know, she was in there for a f- few years, so I, I, I'm i assuming she was a big character. But mm. uh, I don't know, Steve-O, do, do, was she one of the characters that you like? Give us a little bit of a background information on, on her. He might, knowing Steve-O, he might know more about the actress than we do as well. Yeah, um, yeah very true. But she was honestly fantastic. Um, and the story was was really good. I did. I wasn't watching the clock, as I said. That's something that I judge TV on. It went really quickly. I thought, and I didn't see the twist coming. Um, no, hundred percent. Keep in mind, I I loved, loved, loved that episode. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, with regards to our kind of VIP, I guess I think we're going to be in agreement by the way you sang her praises just then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actress who played Tara and the character of Tara, fantastic. So many layers to it. So many. You know, I, I want to give a shout out as well if we're talking VIPs. I think this is so well written, mm. and every character. When you think about the list of characters we have, yeah, we've yeah. got uh, obviously you got one or two that are literally bit parts. So you got the the secretary and the other security guard. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with them at all, but they're just there to sort of prop up. Yeah, and they played their part. Yeah. Yeah. But then you've got Garrett, who is, I think, brilliant at what he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. His partner is excellent in the small role that she has. Uh, I think Beppe is, Beppe's character is is brilliant because we can straight away sympathize with him, even though he's been committing this murder and so on. Mm Mm-hmm. The character of Tara, but there's, but there's layers all over the place. It's like who knew what, who is manipulating who, uh, just absolutely fantastic. So when it comes to our VIP for this episode, yes, Tara gets it on screen for me, 
But I think old Barry Anthony Horowitz has, has got to have a shout out as well because this is really good. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think obviously he's the creator of the series, so we wouldn't be doing this without without him anyway. Well, of course, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, 100%. Um, you know, my, my second place um, would have been DS Jane, even yeah. though she probably had the lesser screen time of the name, you know, the sort of the bigger character, just because she was a very intriguing character for me um because she was so switched on and mm. you could you got all these underlining things without it having to be said you got all these things about you know you could like you said earlier you could tell that she was just doing going along with it because she had to but you could see she was coming up to her breaking point and you can imagine he says you know tara says what are we going to do about jane basically and he says well i'm leaving in three months three months is a long time yeah you know so again that open-endedness has Jane started working a case behind his back? You know, I would have happily watched a sequel to this. What yeah. happens to these characters? We said that about a few fact? episodes, haven't we? We said that about a few, a few stories. Sorry, mm. that we, but this one definitely, and you can almost have that kind of conspiracy theory. Who knows what? Who's conspiring against who? Because if she's investigating him, is he then going to pull strings to get? her dismissed or bumped off or anything mm-hmm. but yeah so much could be going on there as well yeah definitely yeah oh great there we go so we both Horowitz, write it for us please yes right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing that he's not uh followed the show but he has he hasn't followed the show back yet has he, he i don't think it. so no because if he so. does that's gonna be a mistake for you you are gonna get so many dms from us <laughs> please write this <laughs> Please try it. What happened to Tara? <laughs> what happened um, to Pauline Quirk's cat? <laughs> that's the one you want to know. What happened to Tiggs? Can you write a series about Squirrel Girl? <laughs> oh, the Squirrel Girl uh, podcast coming soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, loved that. Uh, loved talking to you about it as well. Next week, we are going to episode five obviously it's called flashback okay and i have watched when i was doing my rewatch do you remember i said that when i did my rewatch i think i got to somewhere in series two and then i stopped right this is the episode i stopped on okay so you stopped before this or after probably about 15 minutes in okay I think I got about 15 minutes in, something was happening with kids, I had to stop them, I never went back to it. Then the discussion that me and you were having about this show started actually taking off a little bit, so I stopped watching it altogether because I thought I'm going to be watching it again in a few months. Yeah. yeah. So I've watched the, the opening scene to this, and let's say the first 15 minutes. There is two other episodes that I watched completely out of order uh, because they were the only ones at the time on Daily Motion. I was in a hotel and I thought I really want to watch Murder in Mind. Uh, so there are two others. Um, but this one, I don't know much about. I can't remember much about. Um, it's called Flashback. And uh, the one of the characters in it is played by Nigel Havers. I know that name. He's been in everything, really. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got the, the well, I've, I've said I've got the list of things. I haven't. I've got something very specific on here. Um, but he's been in everything. I know he was in Coronation Street, but he's, I can't name the things he's been in right now. Um, but very one. Well, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Okay. I don't like reality TV or anything like that. 
but we went for a spell, me and the wife, of watching that for a couple of years. Because it was on every single night, and I'd be sat in the back room doing something, and you kind of get sucked in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you do. So maybe, uh, maybe I know him from there as well. Maybe. He was in Coronation Street as some sort of, I think he was like a con man type thing that was like, he'd, he'd married oh, some of the old ladies. Okay. And- that uh, see you could, that's so obscure because obviously these soaps been going for years there's all these different characters there was you know but that <laughs> rings a bell yeah and my wife hasn't seen coronation watch coronation street but she's literally just she doesn't even watch emmerdale anymore and emmerdale used to be a favorite she only watches hollyoaks now so it's been years since she's had coronation street on but i remember that yeah strange isn't it yeah um, so, yeah, uh, we will come back and look at that next week. Uh, si, where can everyone find you and all of your shows, including the new Squirrel Girl series that we're producing? Well, <laughs> uh, uh, basically, anything I'm involved in is on SJP World Media, the network that carries this show. So you can find that on Facebook and Twitter and all your podcast players and platforms at SJP World Media. Check it a follow a like, a subscribe, a five-star review all over the place is always appreciated. Um, if you enjoy the show, make sure you're sharing it with your friends, retweeting the links that we put out and all that good stuff. And there's all sorts on there. I mean, a lot of shows are wrestling-based, nostalgia wrestling and you know modern-day stuff as well. We've got other shows looking at TV programs like the Doctor Who pod and the waiting room looking at Quantum Leap and so on. And, and a show I really want to give a special shout-out to is back when that is it's supposed to run monthly because the two guys who do it have lots of other projects but they kind of do it monthly and then chuck in extra episodes as well here and there which is quite nice but back when is very much a nostalgia based podcast and it looks at anything from back when so they've looked at an old wrestling event before they've looked at a um a particular album coming out from a certain year a tv show and all this sort of stuff and you know certain movies and so on and it's uh, hosted by tyler peters who comes from the states and he's he's always brilliant he's involved in in the corner on the network as well with benny mack and scottish danny who people probably know from various podcasts he's involved in nitro nights with me and so on and i just love it i love it both those guys came to me separately and said they want to do a bit more uh, have i got any ideas and so on so i kind of put them in contact with each other and i feel really fortunate because i edit and produce the show for them so i get to hear it for anybody else and i've got, <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like i'm sat in on a little secret when i'm editing the show and listening to what they're talking about yeah but it, it's absolutely fantastic the two of them work so well together and i'm so glad that it's getting the attention it deserves because both of them hopefully they don't mind me saying this tough shit if they do it's out there now but um <laughs> both of them were incredibly nervous about doing this because they almost have a track of being i suppose not the main host on a show or not like right. they're, they're, they're like the co-host or they they're like they, they give their analysis as opposed to running the podcast so to speak mm-hmm. so they were both a little bit nervous because they were doing that role and they kind of take it in turns to host and so on. And it just, they, they click fantastic. It's a brilliant show. So yeah, check out everything that is on the network, but especially go have a listen to back when with Danny and Tyler. It's, it's superb. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, I mean, John, I'll mention a second. I do another podcast as well. Yes. And ours is very much a shared thing. We, we do the intros, um, 
together and then when we first talked about doing this my assumption was for some reason that you would host it because you're such a natural host now at these things. <laughs> and then when you pointed out actually you need to host it because i've never watched the thing i was like yeah, oh, yeah it doesn't make sense but and it, it was a it's bit good. bit ner- even though i host that show yeah. uh, it was a bit nerve-wracking and it's obviously something that me and you you know we've talked before when i appeared in doctor who pod and obviously over twitter and stuff it's something that we had to build that relationship doing and yes. tyler and danny are doing that in the process but it's just been very very natural uh, i think and they're both yeah absolutely smashing it so go out and listen to that um off of the sjp world media uh site you can see me on uh at morty jr5 on twitter and i am part of that absolute nonsense uh, which is called the Morty and Fitch Show, which used to be called uh, Morty and Fitch Talking Bollocks, uh, but it's <laughs> difficult to search for. So uh, that's why it's just called the Morty and Fitch Show. Um, and uh, it is just about 45 to an hour and a quarter, usually, unless we get carried away. Um, so usually you can fit it in a commute, and it's just us talking nonsense for our own, for our own pleasure, and for yours, hopefully, to just kind of lift everyone up and just have a bit of a laugh about thinking. Whip, trust me, we do not think at all on the show. So we expect <laughs> the people that listen not to think as well. So, uh, yeah, you I can check it. that out. I, I, I love it. I know I say every every week when I talk to you, but I love it. It cracks me up so much. You know, I walk around work now with my little earbud in. Is that the right term, earbud? I yeah, I think so, own, yeah. yeah chuckling to myself in the warehouse on where i work on my own and then I'll, t- I'll turn the corner and that would be somebody stood there looking at me like you're right <laughs> i was literally editing one today whilst i was working okay so I, I had it in my ear and i was doing my work and then if something you know i need to cut i turned and i did that yes so i was doing this because because the during this period of time, I was sending a load of communication stuff that i've already typed so it's just send this send this send yeah. this stuff. so I was doing that, and that giant man baby, the big <laughs> hairy badger boy, he said something, and I went, <laughs> and I looked, and my mother-in-law, who does not speak a lick of English, I, went, <laughs> and I looked up, and she was looking at me like, and she asked me in Polish, you're right? And I was like, yeah, good. Um, and it happens all the time when I'm, I'm listening to it, like when I'm editing it, my wife will go, what are you laughing at, you weirdo? And it, I'm just like, sometimes something will usually because obviously i've already heard it and i've yeah. broken already i won't full-on lose it like you hear me lose it on the podcast but sometimes i will get a bit of a <laughs> i did hear the funny do... laugh you mentioned was it last week you were telling us about the funny yeah, laugh one yeah. episode? i could not listen to that episode that was funny i enjoyed that i haven't listened back to it so my voice was quite scratchy so i've always got a, a bit of a muttly laugh but it was proper <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I cut. I, honestly, I cut half. If that sounds like it stopped quite abruptly, because I cut half of that out. I was laughing <laughs> a lot longer than that. And at one point, I inhaled and exhaled. So it was... <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Um, and when I heard it, I was like, this is what he was telling me about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get, like, behind-the-scenes scoops on I it. I do, I do. Um, yeah, it's... it's the, the brilliant thing is, like I say, we don't... We purposely don't think too much before we do it. We have like bullet points and that's it. Um, we don't, we've spoken about it before and I won't go into too much detail, but one of the, you know, there, there is a lot of work that goes into being as unorganized as us, believe it or not. Um, but after the show, me and him are so crap at life 
we do legitimately <laughs> forget most of what has been discussed. Yeah. So sometimes when I edit it like the next day, or there was one occasion I had to edit it like immediately afterwards, you know, it's not quite the same. But like today I was editing an episode that we recorded maybe two weeks ago. Right. And I don't remember 90% of it. So that's why I was sitting on my own doing my work going, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Not bad>. um, <laughs> Uh, we spoke about, uh, we appeared on Rantomeisters, and uh, I did a whole bit talking about stumping on hedgehogs. Yes. Didn't remember saying any of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, it, it is great. It is great. Everyone needs to go check that. Like, where's the uh, the Twitter handle for that one again, Mort? Uh, the Twitter handle is uh, Morty underscore Fitch underscore pod. I do like my underscores. Um, but type in on Google now, you type in uh, Morty and Fitch, and we come up straight away. Amazing. Um, yeah, if you type in Morty and obviously like Rick and Morty and all that come up, but Morty and Fitch now does come up. I think it's like the top three somewhere on there. Um, yeah, but under Rick and Morty, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so go and listen to that, but come back here and listen to us talk about um, Nigel Havers next week. Yes. And I don't know what else we're gonna find out, so uh, <laughs> yeah, meet us back then and we'll catch up with you soon. And again, it's run away in my head a little bit with me. And I'm really thinking, yeah, this thing, I'm not having none of this. I'm really sorry. I'm going to be really unprofessional. I really need a poo. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really sorry. Sorry, no crap. I'm out on the podcast, but I really need one. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving around like this. Can uh, I nip off for a bit? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course you can. I'll probably run downstairs and grab a drink. then. <laughs> <laughs>